Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1124, air date October 7th, 2022. Good morning, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm traveling, but I wanted to cover a very, very important topic today. Uh, and it's a topic that needs to be covered because um, some of you may know our historic lawsuit uh, back in 2020 revealed that it is not Twitter alone that operates by itself when it comes to violation of free, free speech. But Twitter has an unholy alliance with government. And um, I just saw today uh, Elon Musk is back in the news talking about he's going to uh, buy Twitter again uh, or resuscitate that deal or and or otherwise he's going to get, you know, he's got a, a serious legal issue. So I thought it'd be a good time back to having a real discussion about what it's going to take if he's serious about addressing free speech on Twitter or is it all just drama and, you know, it's to uh, really... Uh, take people in a direction of not really addressing the fundamental issues. So that's what we want to talk about today. So again, the title as people are coming in of the talk today, let me go to it, is uh, if Elon Musk truly cares for free speech, he must do this first if he's going to, uh, you know, upon buying Twitter. So that's what we want to talk about. So um, we have a number of people joining in. And Valerie says, good morning for South Amer- uh, from South Carolina. Aldo says, uh, Dr. Shiva for governor. Um, But anyway, um, that's what we want to talk about. Now, to remind everyone, um, it was in 2020, some of you may remember, I ran for U.S. Senate, and we were headed for a landslide victory in the Republican primary of 2020. Uh, We had 3,000 volunteers on the ground, and I'll give you sort of the net of it. And we uh, won among all the counties in the hand-counted ballot county called Franklin County, and everywhere else it was 60-40, 60-40, 60-40. And I found this quite unusual because my op- opposing candidate didn't even have one lawn sign up. We had 10,000 lawn signs up, 25,000 bumper stickers. We were everywhere. This was in the Republican U.S. Senate primary of 2020 in Massachusetts, before the whole Trump stuff, okay? And our lawsuit, uh, our, our, our election when we saw this egregious difference in what we saw actually on the ground and what took place in polling, and particularly given the fact that we won in the only county which was hand counted by 10 points and everywhere else, it was 60-40, didn't make any sense, okay? So we went to the Secretary of State's office in Massachusetts and we demanded that they give us on the machines, you see, in in the, in the, in the county of Franklin, ballots are processed and, and, and done by hand. But in all the other counties, they were done by the machines. Now, every, now every, uh, every ballot that goes for a machine, the paper ballot, the machines actually make an image. It's called a ballot image. Again, most of us, I didn't know about this at the time. And those ballot images by United States federal law, 52 USC 20701, is supposed to be preserved 
for 22 months for a federal election. So we went to the Secretary of State and we said, hey, we want the ballot images. They said we deleted them. Okay. And I have a series of emails with the Secretary of State's office. And in those emails, the Secretary of State is admitting they deleted the ballot images and arrogantly saying that they don't have to preserve them, which is uh, which is a violation of federal law. Well, I have a series of four emails. So I, first of all, tweeted out, I had close to 400,000 Twitter followers on Twitter. And I and remember, I'm a U.S. Senate federal candidate. All right. And I tweeted out that the Secretary of State of Massachusetts deleted ballots hyphen ballot images. Because remember, the ballot images are the ballots because that's what's analyzed. Okay. So that conversation, email conversation, and I'm sorry, that tweet that I did um, went viral. And then I was subsequently after that, I shared my email communication with the Secretary of State, just public information, saying, look, they're admitting that they deleted the ballot images. Okay. All right. And immediately after that, I was thrown off Twitter. I've never been thrown off Twitter since I've ever been on Twitter. But the fact that I was exposing that government was violating federal law seemed to have tickled someone. Well, now, was it Twitter or was it the government? Well, in a news article that subsequently came out, a one of these fact-checking organizations who was attacking me then proceeded to say that they had contacted the Secretary of State and the Secretary of State had admitted they contacted Twitter. And that's when I knew I had a First Amendment violation. Look, this is what supposedly occurs in third world countries, okay? Where, you, where a candidate is running for office and the opposition group throws off the candidate violates his free speech. It's not supposed to occur in the United States. All right. So I had to go into federal court no lawyer wanted to take on this case because most lawyers don't want to take on the government because they're all friends with the government. And I won a federal case where the judge in the case said, hey, this is crazy because the social media director of the government admitted, and this was a big admission that came out, that the government of Massachusetts has a special partnership with Twitter. It's called a partner support portal, okay? That the government has a actual backdoor to Twitter. Is everyone listening? So our lawsuit in, in October of October 30th of 2020 discovered this. And remember, even though the Republicans, and this was the Republicans who screwed my election, not the Democrats, even though they did this, I still was a federal candidate running on a write-in campaign. Okay. So I'm still a U.S. Senate federal candidate, but the government of Massachusetts contacted Twitter to have a U.S. Senate federal candidate thrown off. So let's think about that. And this is in the United States, right? Someone said red phone to Twitter. Exactly. There you go. You nailed it, Q9. That's what they had, a red phone to Twitter. And it turns out that the, the, the judge was appalled at this, a federal judge, he couldn't believe this. It was, it was the grossest violation of the U.S. Constitution. Political speech is the highest form of protection. Okay? So, um, 
we are running our campaign now for the general election, which ends on November 4th. But I don't get put on Twitter, back on Twitter until November 4th, which really sucks because Twitter was my vehicle for raising money, reaching the audience, et cetera. All right. So I get back on Twitter on November 4th. Um, Q2 sa Q9 says, I voted for him disgusted by the state of things. Yes. Um, it was the Republicans and Democrats working together. Okay. I'm an outsider, even though I was running as a Republican, I'm an outsider coming in. And we won that election on a landslide. You, you go on the ground, and you talk to anyone. Um, so anyway, after November 4th, I'm tweeting away. And then on February 1st, I do a tweet again, sharing what had occurred with our lawsuit. And again, shared those four emails about my conversation with Secretary of State and bang, I'm thrown off Twitter permanently this time. So I went back into court and I said, your honor, these defendants lied to you and they said they wouldn't do it because the judge issued an order. You, you cannot, you um, to the Secretary of State, you can no longer uh, communicate with Twitter. But what they had done is when they told Twitter through that red phone partner support portal to track me, the algorithms are already set in. Anytime I shared those emails, I was going to be taken off. Okay. So this time the judge said, I want you to bring Twitter into my courtroom. Now, let me just share with you a couple of important um, points here. When we uh, issued our uh, first uh, lawsuit, um, the person that we had put as one of our major defendants here, let me bring this over here, um, was, I think you guys, was this woman, Michelle Tassinari and Galvin. Galvin is the Secretary of State. Michelle Tassinari is a lawyer. She's the one who had told me that, you know, uh, you know, I deleted the ballot images. It's not a violation of, of any laws. Okay. So these two people were our defendants. What came out in our first hearing was that she had contacted this woman, Amy Cohen, who's the head of an organization called NASED, N-A-S-E-D. Now, who's NASED? Well, NASED is an organization that has, um, that is the association of all state election directors. And so I was exposing that the government um, had deleted ballot images and, and my tweets were going viral. I, I had massive engagement on my tweets. So not only did the government of Massachusetts contact Twitter, but they also called this other organization, which represents all state election directors. They also contacted to Twitter. All right. So it's basically a violation at the most fundamental level of my rights. All right. So when we went into court this time, now was, by the way, I'm representing myself, me against seven lawyers three of Twitter's lawyers, three of the state's lawyers, and uh, one of NASID, um, we had discovered something in May. And we had discovered these things called playbooks. What are playbooks? What we had discovered was that the government of the United States has an unholy alliance with big tech. And it was enumerated in a series of playbooks, okay? And let me go over to that. So if I go over here, let me go over to this window here. So I, I normally don't have my, I normally have my big screen so I can do a lot more. But let me bring this up. Oh, here we go. Uh, all right. So 
what we had uncovered was, and by the way, all of this is documented for those of you want to go learn more about it. It's documented on, um, let me share the entire window here. Yeah. So it is documented on a website called winbackfreedom.com that we created. But if you go to winbackfreedom, you'll find that what we documented was in May, we had discovered that the government had actually created playbooks. Playbooks that were created at Harvard by Twitter, by the government of Massachusetts representatives and others. And these playbooks outline step by step by step how you will censor every American if they question election officials. Let me repeat that again. There's a document that we discovered, multiple documents, that was created at the Harvard Belfer Institute, which basically serves the US intelligence community, in collusion with many, many other governments, including the UK government and Twitter and Massachusetts officials and government officials in the US government. It's an actual document which says, if you see US citizens questioning, and I'm gonna show it to you in black and white, questioning election operations, you will target them as someone who should be on a watch list and tracked and thrown off Twitter, thrown off um, big tech. But the government would contact through a whole series of mechanisms, Twitter or Facebook, they would do the dirty work. You see, so government can say, we didn't do it, we had them do it. It's called laundering censorship laundering censorship okay that's what we had discovered that government has a way to launder censorship through big tech and i'll show you those documents right here let me show you this and you can go to win back freedom so one of the documents is called the election influence operations playbook let me go right here and this is an actual document as you can see here that i'm sharing and this document is called the election influence operations playbook for state and local officials. Let me bring it over here so my people on uh, uh, Instagram can follow. And this playbook, and I again, this is stuff, was created at the Belfer Center. And you can see the authors of this were Amy Cohen. The authors of this were uh, uh, Twitter legal, okay? And these people are the ones who were involved in contacting, working to contact Twitter to throw me off when I was a US Senate federal candidate. But they're the ones who created this playbook and they called it defending democracy, very you know, uh, anodyne term. And this playbook step-by-step step, says how you identify influence operators, election influence operators, which means people who can quote unquote influence elections, supposedly, right? And they go into detail saying social media platforms are creating more ways for election officials to report false information. And this playbook dis defines what is this false information. And this is what I want to share. They define false information as anyone who tweets or writes that people who run elections are corrupt right there in black and white. I hope everyone can see that. So this playbook essentially says that if you're a local election official and you see on Twitter, someone questioning you. So if you say people who run elections are corrupt, which is what I had essentially, in fact, I hadn't really said they were corrupt, 
I was questioning their integrity, okay? But that put me on a watch list, and that manual that I just shared with you is a manual that was created by the government officials and Twitter, okay? So government officials in the United States government and Twitter created a way that if any American questioned an election official, they would be put on a watch list. Then it gets even more interesting. There's another playbook that we discovered. Let me go back to this here. Um, again, if you go here, you'll find out there's multiple playbooks and all of our lawsuit is documented here from 2020. There's another playbook called the Election Influence Op Part 2. Okay, here's part two. And part two goes into gross detail of saying exactly what you do to take care of these people, okay? And part two, I think, let me make sure everyone can see part two. Yep, good. And part two says, first you prepare, you identify and assess them, then you resolve and you continue watching these people. And in this manual, I'll show it to you right here, step by step, you'll see the web that they got me into. They go in here in very gross detail. It says that you will, when you identify someone, you'll identify them as high, medium, or low severity. Well, what's a high, medium, or low severity? Well, someone who's a high severity is someone who will be watched, alerted, and continue to be monitored. And a high severity person is someone who has, let me uh, show you right here, they define a high severity person. Let me go right here. Uh, here we go. Okay. So a high severity person is identified as someone who has lots and lots of influence. They, they're an established voice, which I was. They are, have credibility, an MIT, PhD, and who has lots of volume. So I was identified as a high severity, put me through the process. And you notice right here, it says Twitter has a particular special portal that the government has a special email address that they can contact Twitter, the bat phone. And in that model, I would be, because I was high severity right here, a response team was activated, I was watched, and I was continue media and digital monitoring. So when I was, when I exposed them in October or, or September, they continued monitoring me. All right. The bottom line, what you see here is that this is an actual document that the United States government, in conjunction with Twitter, had created to censor, to launder censorship. OK. Um, uh, the bottom line is that our campaign in September of 2020, it uncovered that A, the Republicans are the ones who screwed me in Massachusetts. We They deleted ballot images. And then the government contacted Twitter to hide the fact I was sharing that. But more importantly, what we discovered in our lawsuit, in fact, the judge said this lawsuit will be taught in every law school exam. And then what happened with our lawsuit was the judge just wanted to put me back on Twitter, but my lawsuit was no longer about getting back on Twitter. I wanted to personally hold these government officials liable. And the judge wanted me to just go back on Twitter. He didn't want me to expose the government. You see, that gets too dangerous. And then he sealed my lawsuit when I wouldn't let go. 
And I decided I wasn't just going to go back on Twitter and drop all those cases, those claims. So that's what happened. But fundamentally, it was our lawsuit in 2020. And Tucker Carlson knew about this. He did nothing. None of the major media did anything. But it was our lawsuit which exposed the unholy alliance between government and Twitter. Okay? Yes, this is beyond insane what's happening to America. Stephanie Christensen says. And by the way, we expose that all governments of the world have this alliance with Twitter. So when Elon Musk is running around talking about free speech, what we really have to ask is, is he really serious? Is he just doing this to be, ah, you know, talking stuff and being a troll? Because Elon Musk gets tons of money, subsidies from the government. He's involved with his satellites with the U.S. intelligence organizations. Maybe he's real. So the question is, if Elon Musk is serious about free speech, the first thing he must do, he, he must end that bat phone connection between government and Twitter. It is called a partner support portal, and it's documented in these playbooks. It's documented, ladies and gentlemen, in the playbooks that our lawsuit discovered, and it's too hot to handle that a judge couldn't even handle it, okay? And, and uh, let me go back right here. Where did my thing go? Uh, it's hard. Oh, here we go. Okay. And so that's what our lawsuit discovered. Now, what ended up happening was in the middle of this in the middle of our lawsuit, a, another report gets published and you can see it over here. Okay. By Stanford university. And it was called the long fuse report. And in this report, which I'm going to share with you right here and get, get access to it. It's called the long fuse report. And in this report, <clears throat> it's the elites writing about misinformation in the 2020 election. In that report, um, let me go back to this. Oops, I didn't share. I guess I shared it. Sorry. In this report, the long fuse report, which also came out, it's a 300-page report. And in that report, came out right in the middle of our lawsuit, it says that I was considered a super spreader among six other people. And let me show you that. Those six other people were the following people, okay? Here we go, okay? And in this report, it's called the Long Fuse Report, as you can see right here. Let me bring it over here. Um, it's a detailed analysis. And in page 191 of this report, it lists out the people that it considers super spreaders, okay? And the super spreaders are people who they consider uh, very dangerous to the establishment, okay? And let me go down through this, okay? And I think it's page 191, okay? So here's page 182, right? So 191, let me go right to that page. And they identify in this report the super spreaders. They call repeat spreaders. And I'm identified as um, one of these repeat spreaders right here, Dr. Shivaya Dure. Okay. And I had lots of tweets and lots of YouTube views. Okay. You can see that. 
196 and 1 million YouTube views, okay, on every tweet that I would do. So, and in this thing, they identify these five repeat spreaders, one of them being Trump, another being Gateway Pundit, another of them being Breitbart News, Newmax, Newsmax Media, um, Project Veritas, and then there's a whole section dedicated to Dr. Shivaya Dure. And remember, I'm a U.S. Senate candidate, but I was being tracked at the highest levels of the U.S. government as a repeat spreader, okay? And they were tracking all my tweets. And in fact, what they had come to the conclusion was that I had this very powerful way of doing a tweet and then driving them to my YouTube educational videos. Yeah, super spreader of truth. Thanks, Tori. That's what I was. But think about this. I'm a U.S. Senate candidate, right? This is what happens in other countries we talk about. But it is the government of the United States which has an unholy alliance with big tech and Twitter. So the reason I wanted to do this is Elon Musk is talking about buying Twitter, but if he's serious, the first thing he has to do, the first thing, he has to break this government partnership with Twitter. Does everyone get it? That's what I wanted to talk to you guys about today. And you know, I'm on the road, um, but I, in the mornings I'll do you know a video highlighting an important issue. Politically based in the evenings, we do a health issue. Keep an eye out for the video. We're gonna talk about everything that I predicted in 2020 about these masks. Now the CDC is admitting that it's hurting our young people, okay? So in closing, it is our movement's lawsuit in 2020 when I ran for office that exposed not just big tech, but government launder censorship through big tech. And they have a manual and it is institutionalized. So Elon, yeah, there we go. Chris, yeah, exactly, you're right. Elon wants to sell more Teslas. He wants to, essentially, it's about him. He knows about this, but he's serious about this. He would end that partnership day one. But if he doesn't, He's full of shit. He may do some things, putting Trump back on, maybe even back me, even back on, but he's got to end that partnership. Okay. And to all of you, I just want to let you know, let me run a banner here. You know, everything we do, all the research we do um, is by our movement, truth, freedom, and health. And I want all of you to um, contribute to this movement because we've created a whole infrastructure to teach people how to think, not what to think. <clears throat> but how to think. How to think means taking a systems approach. So I want to invite all of you to go to Truth, Freedom, and Health right now and go to VA Shiva. But if you go to truthfreedomhealth.com, join this movement, and you will get an entire infrastructure where we teach, provide you the educational material on the foundations of systems. You see, the elites understand a very powerful knowledge base called the science of systems. It took me many years to learn that at MIT. You know, I was supposed to serve the elites, but I didn't. And that science of systems is the foundational knowledge that is part of the truth, freedom, and health system. And as many of you know, our movement now has over 360,000 people globally, okay? And this movement is created to enable you to think, not what to think, but how to think, okay? 
there's nothing here. We, we want to manipulate people, but we want to educate people on how to think. So I invite all of you to take advantage of this, okay? I wanted to uh, invite all of you to contribute to this movement, to recognize that the only way forward is us. There's no one else going to come save us. It's going to be us. So if I share with you this here, let me go to the site here. I want to encourage all of you to recognize that what our lawsuit uncovered from the systems approach, let me go back to this, is that it wasn't just this state election director who was behind this, but she when, when I exposed her, she was actually part of this entire cabal. And our lawsuit, this is in lawsuit testimony. So, um, and in that testimony, we exposed that this woman, Tassinar and Cohen, were part of this entire government infrastructure. And when I exposed her, she contacted, through this network, this election infrastructure team, which then laundered the censorship through Twitter. But it's an entire network that is set up to violate the, the speech against every American who, who questions government officials. This is the most egregious violation of free speech. This should be on the front page of every newspaper, but all these mainstream newspapers are part of this. And our lawsuit also exposed that. So I encourage you all to recognize and support this historic movement that we have created to really not just talk about the problems, but how to win. And the way we win is number one, understanding the science of systems, building a bottoms up movement. And we have created that community for all of you to take advantage of. And go to truthfreedomandhealth.com. We go there again, and you will understand that we want to educate all of you on this systems approach. So if you go to truthfreedomhealth.com, very briefly, you can contribute and join whatever you want. And when you can contribute 100 or more, you get access to all of these tools, the educational tools, the books, the videos, um, all of them. Okay. You can, if you can't do that, contribute as a supporter or contribute nothing. We still give you a bunch of stuff. Okay. We're pretty generous here. All right. So take advantage of this. But if you contribute a hundred or more, you get access to the courses, the tools, you can better your health with this. Let me show you what we have here. You can really go up the knowledge pyramid and get wisdom and clarity. But most importantly, you get access to all of these tools. You get the courses, you get all the books, you get the theory, you can better your health by learning how your body is a system and so on and so on and so on. It's a ton of stuff we give you, but most importantly, we make you an activist. And then finally, we have tools that we've created like a Twitter, like a Facebook, so we can communicate independent of big tech. So I hope all of you take advantage of this. And um, Susie Skype says she's excited about the course, but I can't, I would be remiss if I forgot to tell you, every um, every uh, Thursdays, uh, we also do, and by the way, all of you will learn the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health, but every Thursdays, we have a open house, okay? And that open house, you simply RSVP at vashiva.com slash orientation to join us, all right? But one of the important things is the Foundations of Systems course that we teach will teach you politics it'll teach you how everything in the world works but it'll teach you also how your body works and that's why it's really a powerful system to you can apply to your health you can apply to any system 
on the planet. It's really a powerful way on how to think. And it interconnects truth, freedom, and health. Without freedom, we're not going to get to truth. And without health, we can't fight for freedom and our truth. But they're all interconnected. So let me finish by playing an important video I always like to play. Listen to it carefully. Become a supporter of this movement. And um, I'll see you later uh, this uh, evening. I'll be doing a video on uh, the CDC finally admitting that these masks destroy uh, young kids' health. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. Agreed. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left-wing, right-wing. There is a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders we don't need followers like social media, we need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We gotta train people. First with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Third concept is, it has to be bottoms up. Working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people, Dave, to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right. The Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you. The Tucker Carlson's. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're gonna follow on the, the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're gonna follow, you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not gonna lead us to liberation, it's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game, 
and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done, and it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own, quote-unquote, people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to bashiva.com, and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics, and I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people. Two years of MIT control systems, I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it, anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I gotta build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaign's expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on V as in Victor A. Shiva, vashiva.com, so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, and health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to VA Shiva, Victory America Shiva, VAShiva.com. Look, everyone, I hope uh, this video was helpful. Again, at truthfreedomhealth.com at vashiva.com. We go to the essence of the issues. We don't want to uh, get people involved in this left-right dialectic, pro and anti. You know, we rip apart all the bullshit and we go down to the central issue. The central issue is that government and big tech are in an unholy alliance. And if Elon Musk is serious about addressing Twitter, the first question you got is, is he going to break that alliance? Otherwise, it's all bullshit. Anyway, I, ho I hope this is valuable. Uh, we're on the road and we'll be communicating with more videos. Uh, be well, be the light. Thank you.